Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran. You are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, today we're going to be talking about starting your business and all the stuff that gets in the way immediately when you got to jump off that cliff and you're thinking, what am I, crazy? Lots of folks out there really want to get started, but stuff stands in their way. So today we're going to address the nuts and bolts of starting a business, and most of it is emotional. We're going to talk about the aha moment. How do you find an aha moment that gets you off the box, gets you to jump off the ledge and just do it? We're going to be talking about the worst thing in the world when you're starting a business, cold calling. Who likes cold calling? Nobody does. We'll also talk about what happens when the next guy steals your idea. Is that fair? What do you do about it? All this kind of stuff getting your hands dirty, starting a business, but all the stuff we all share in common. So stay tuned. Hey, Barbara, it's Lizzie from Atlanta, Georgia. Huge fan. You're amazing. Quick question. Have you ever worried about people copying your idea or copying what you're about to launch? And how do you maneuver or push through that fear? Thanks so much. You're the best. Hope you answer my question. Bye. Lizzie, of course I'm going to answer your question. You sound so charming and eager to hear the answer. So here it is. I'm always hoping people will imitate or steal my ideas. It's the highest form of flattery. It simply means that someone's watching, which is a compliment right there. And secondly, they think you're doing the right thing and they're going to try to do it too. I would say, don't fear it at all. Welcome it. In fact, I'd even send them a thank you note. Hey, Barbara. My name is Eric from Phoenix, Arizona. And I would like to know is how do I make appointments with very important people at commercial places like vice presidents and presidents? I know their names, man, but I just can't get past the secretary. It's just so difficult. What's your thoughts on that, on how to connect with them? Well, Eric, cold calling is tough, and I've never met an individual in the world who likes to do it. I did it for a period of six months and hated every day of my life. I was cold calling different corporations, getting through secretaries, trying to get to the executive to see if they had a secretary position that they might need to fill. So I was on the phone all day long trying to get through secretaries. Not easy. I quit that job and I haven't missed it since. But if your business is totally reliant on getting to the important person and getting through the secretary, what I would suggest you do is have a routine. Let me share with you the routine I used in real estate my whole life when I had to get through to the top executive, and I found that it worked two out of three times. I used to call and say, hi, it's Barbara Corcoran. I'm a real estate salesperson. I'd like to speak to Mr. Smith. Clunk, it never worked until I discovered this. Hello, I'm calling for Barbara Corcoran. She'll be in New York next Thursday and would like an appointment with Mr. Smith anytime after 10 o'clock. Would he be free? Let me tell you the power in that is I was calling as a secretary for myself, which raised my importance. The other thing is I had limited time, any time after 10 o'clock next Thursday. And so it also made me important. 
do you know most secretaries would then, of course, say, well, what is this in reference to? The most dreaded question in the world. And I would simply say, I'll send you a detailed email with the agenda, but I wanted to check his availability first. And you know, most people said, yes, he'll be in next Thursday. And then I sent forwarding information. The date was already in the book. And I had a much better chance of seeing that guy because I was only in New York next Thursday after 10 o'clock. So what I'm suggesting to you is that might not be a routine that you would like to do calling as your own secretary, pretending you're visiting your own town for only a limited time to get the appointment, but you do need a gimmick. Secretaries are hired as body blocks, and so you have to think of a way to get around them. I'll say one last thing, which is when I couldn't get an appointment with someone I wanted to see, I always visited their office and asked to speak with them. I was almost always turned away but I left a handwritten note with a business card and I always got the courtesy of a return call, which sometimes converted to an appointment. Showing up at someone's place of business is rarely done today and you put yourself apart from the pack. I distinctly remember I hired a salesman who showed up in my office that I never wanted to hire simply because he just showed up without an appointment. That takes chutzpah. And people really like people who put their legs under them versus just pick up the phone and call. Hi, my name is Datar. I'm calling from Spain. I want to ask you how much was your first salary and when did you get your first millionaire and how did you feel? Thank you. So you're asking how much was my first salary and when did I get my first million and how did it feel? Well, let me take the million first. I got my first million when I was in business probably 23 years and then I sold my business the following year because I couldn't believe I could make a million dollars in a year. Prior to that, I hardly got a salary. I could hardly meet my rent, because every dime I made, I plowed back into my business to see how big I could make it. So if you're going into business and you're thinking, when could I get a salary? I'll give you the answer to that. You can get a salary when everybody else has already been paid, and then you could see if there's any money left over. That's the nature of being an entrepreneur. And if you're asking when you'll get your first million, Usually when you stop growing fast enough because your coffers collect enough money where you have excess capital and that means you're not growing very fast. Don't be in such a rush to get your first million. What you should really be focusing on when you're building your business as I did is just seeing how much business you could do, how fast you could do it and how fast you can grow. And then you know what happens? A little miracle. The money eventually takes care of itself and eventually you'll have too much money. You can't spend it. And that's when you know you have a giant business and you could sell it, cash out, or you could keep making the millions year in, year out. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love, my friends at On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. Dear Barbara, I wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for people who want to follow their dreams but are afraid that they will lose their life in the process. Thanks. Well, my opinion is you can only lose your life and your heart if you don't follow your dream. But it isn't easy to find the courage to follow your dream. I think you could benefit from writing down what your dream is, going to different magazines and books and cutting pictures out of what that dream looks like, and keeping it front and center in your life so that you start to believe it. It's an interesting thing about dreaming. You can get a lot of energy from it. 
if you start to really dwell on it and picture yourself in that successful scenario as a new person you want to become. I know that's easy for me to say, but believe me, there were times when I had no energy, no capacity to dream, no belief that I'd get through something bad, and it can really shoot you down. But you can reinvent yourself if you start to dream again. Right now, it sounds to me like you might be going through a tough time or a period of disbelief. But let me tell you, all new beliefs starts with a dream. So just give it a little space and try to think of what you could become and keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it. And all of a sudden, you might find that your attitude goes around that corner and you actually start to become a believer. Hi, Barbara. My name is Reed. I started wholesaling, but I'm going through that newbie zone. So I'm trying to figure out how do I really get that first deal? Like what tips can you give me to nail that first wholesale deal? Because it is a journey. But anyway, my name is Reed and I do watch you on Shark Tank. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. You know, getting a first deal under your belt in any business is like losing your virginity. All of a sudden, you feel like a man of the world. Man, man, you pound your chest, right? Uh, that's what getting a first deal is all about. But before you get there, like anything, you're filled with doubt. The doubt gets in your way, especially if you're making sales calls to get your first deal. People can smell doubt a mile away. So I would suggest you think of a character who's really successful, really powerful, someone who's really got their game going, and go in and pretend you're them. If you could take on a personality of someone else and start to feel like them, it helps you get the courage to come across very differently. Also, I think you should figure out a list of the 100 most likely buyers and go out and visit them. The most likely buyers who are going to be game for your product. And don't come in until you visit visited all 100. A funny thing happens when you make a lot of sales calls. Something comes in. Somehow something comes in. But what happens is most people making sales calls will make one or two, get shot down, regroup, go back for three or four, get shot down, go back for one or two. You can't have that pattern. Just make a scorecard, one through a hundred, and make a hundred sales calls to see what happens. The minute you get your first sale under your belt, it's going to get so much easier. Read one last thought here. It takes a lot of energy to be in the sales business. And I would say, listening to your voice, you got to get your energy up. You got to work out. You got to do something that gets your mojo going. You got to do something to get the energy up. Customers like to buy from people who have high energy. And I'm not getting that from you. So think of a way to pretend you're that other person and make sure it includes high energy personality. Hey, Barbara, this is Danielle Gomez. I'm just calling to see what was your biggest aha moment that helped you pivot, succeed, or leap over a major hurdle or work through a failure to get to the next level? Would love to hear about your answer for that one. Thanks for doing this hotline. Really appreciate it. Daniela, there's never one aha moment. It just isn't. It sounds good for a storybook, but I have never found that to be true of anyone in life. It's too buttoned up too concise and unrealistic. Good for the movies. But instead, in real life, there's a series of obstacles that get in your way that you use your will or your chutzpah or your cleverness or your stick to to just get through. And if you could get through those, that's an aha moment. 
I can distinctly remember at the worst of times me being desperate to think that I might really survive. Can I survive? I'm so scared. What am I going to do? But when I got through something, I would always have that wonderful, delicious moment of looking back quickly and saying, my God, I got through it. That was my aha moment. And I'll tell you something about those kind of aha moments that come after obstacles are passed. They accumulate. And if you accumulate enough aha moments because you got through an obstacle, it's called confidence. And your confidence is like a notch on your belt increases with every single aha moment you get past. But if you're looking for the aha moment to motivate you on the front side, it just ain't going to happen. They're all a result of obstacles that you look back and say, man, look at me. I got through that just in time for the next obstacle. But you go into the next obstacle as a far more confident individual than you came through the last one. Hi, Barbara. This is Brenda from Las Vegas. Do you believe the statement, if you love what you do career-wise, that the money will come? I don't know. I'd love to hear your statement on it. Have a great one. Thanks again for everything you do. Bye. Brenda, that's only part true. But I think if you love what you do, yes, you do much better at it because it's coming natural to you and you're fully engaged. But I think the other half of it is you also need to work your ass off much more than everyone else to make your dream come true and to have the money actually come in. So you need both parts. Let me give you an example of having one part without the other that didn't work for me. When I was in college, I started a Flower of the Week club where I delivered different bouquets to the same list of customers and hung the bouquets on the doorknobs every week. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I had my list of customers. No one loved flowers more than me. I love flowers like crazy. But I only had a job two days a week and couldn't build up the number of people that I could deliver to nor was I able to collect the money from the people who were taking my flowers. And so the money did not take care of itself. I went out of business. But when I found myself in the real estate business, I not only loved opening doors and chatting up people and showing them apartments, I didn't maybe love it quite as much as I love flowers, but I also got those commission checks coming in readily. I found that I was building referral bases of many more people each week coming my way vastly different than having a business where I just loved it, but couldn't take care of the money. So all the hustling I did in the real estate business, day in and day out, seven days a week, 12 hour days for many, many years, along with loving what I did, made me rich. But it would have never happened if I didn't have both pieces. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.